the second episode of Ballin' with B-Show. I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. And I'm coming off a loss yesterday against George Mason, so lots to talk about today, and we're going to get right into the episode. Start off with a recap of yesterday's game. Rody got out to a quick 8-3 to lead, nearing the 16-minute mark, then got all the way down by 11 points with a tip-in with one second left by George Mason. And then George Mason expanded their lead to 17 points halfway through the second half. And Rodon got all the way back to 9 points and uh, couldn't not continue with that stretch of um, on the run. So they ended up losing with a final score of 84-67 to to George Mason. 17-point loss at home. Not the best. Not the best at all. Some... Um, Impressive performers from URI yesterday. Jeff Downton, 15 points. Surreal Langevin with 15 points. And he was my player of the game yesterday for Rhode Island as he had six offensive rebounds, eight defensive rebounds, and he had 14 total rebounds. He really helped this Rhode Island team when they were in the thick of it. And, uh, yeah, um, this moves Rhode Island to 8-7, and 1-2 in the 8-10. And um, let's get... To the elephant in the room. Three-point shooting is just terrible. Three for 25 yesterday. 12%, one, 1.120, whatever you want to call it. It was just horrendous yesterday. Rhode Island could not get anything in the basket. If it wasn't Omar Silverio, Rhode Island was 0 for 22 from three-pointers. That, and that is just uh, unexcusable. That is just terrible. You can't win basketball games shooting 12% from three-pointer. While the other team, George Mason, has a higher three-point percentage than your field goal percentage. And it's just very bad game yesterday. Um, we've seen um, when Rody makes shots, they can win games. But when it comes to yesterday, 3-25, uh, for 25, we saw games like against us in Charleston, um, Providence, and uh, even against St. Louis a bit, um, you saw poor shooting from the Rhode Island team. And they can't win. They And it didn't look like they were working as a team because every three did not work out. And um, half of them either missed the net, hit the net, or um, didn't even hit the backboard. Um, it was just terrible. And um, whenever Uri had a run, uh, such as the late game when they went an eight or run to get to nine points, um, George Mason answered back. Um, Uri couldn't stop George Mason after they um, got onto a run. So that's what really killed them yesterday. And I don't know. This just doesn't look good. And um, which really didn't look good was um, David Cox's press conference after. He said it was uh, it was an embarrassing effort, and he needs to find five guys that are willing and committed to play URI basketball, which is um, which is hard to to hear. Um, you have talent on the court; it's just not working out right now. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this team. It's just they're on one game, they're off another game. And I don't get it. So, but 3 for 25 from 3, that's just terrible. That's very, very bad. You can't go in expecting winning major conference games like that one going 3 for 25 from 3-pointers. So, that's my rant about that. Torch Mason shot unbelievably yesterday. 51% from the field, 41.3. I mean, 41.7% from 3-pointers. And the URI couldn't stop them on defense after their runs, and they couldn't expand those runs. 
into um closer uh game uh closer game against George Mason yesterday. So we're just gonna get right into their next opponent as uh that game was not good. Um yeah, um Justin Keir, nineteen points. Uh he had ten rebounds as well. Uh Otis Livingston had fourteen points, seven assists. He had a lot of turnovers though. He had three turnovers. Javon Green had fifteen for the Patriots and off the bench, Jordan Miller, who didn't really play doesn't really play that much for George Mason, had fourteen points, which really helped them out. And Rody just got beat down low. Uh in a place where you wouldn't expect a small team like George Mason to do so. They shot tremendously, but they also beat you down low. Whenever they missed a shot, they had offensive rebound. They had an answer. Whenever you could, they couldn't shoot the ball on offense, they fed it down low, and it was just unstoppable. Um, besides Fats Block, Fats Block uh, uh, on clicks, 6'10", Fats stuffed him. The only highlight from him of the day. Um, but, yeah, uh, looking more at the, te- uh, the team stats, um, let's look. Turnovers similar amount. Mm. One more foul. Nothing much. Sixteen offensive rebounds for Rhode Island, which is very good. Can't do anything about that though. Ten for seventeen from free throws. George Mason seventeen for eighteen. That's just you gotta shoot better from the free throw line. Um. Also, um, I think a down point in the game was easily um, before, right before halftime when Rhode Island had the final shot. And with 10 seconds left, Fats hooked up a fade to, uh, fade to the side three-pointer that like was not even close to going in. And what ended up happening was George Mason got it, got down the court, corner three, missed, and then they, George Mason tipped it in. So, that was that. So, let's move on from the George Mason game, and let's get on to Rhode Island's next opponent Wednesday night at home against the St. Bonaventure Bonnies, 6-10. Uh, and 10. Uh, is their overall record, but they're 2-1 in the A-10. Um, they beat Fordham and St. Joe's. And players to watch... Um, Returner, like, uh, key players from last year's team, Courtney Stockard, Ladarian Griffin, with 15.5 and 10.5 points per game, respectively, this year. Um, one thing I'm not seeing, though, on this St. Bonaventure roster is someone who plays a, um, a good amount of minutes. All he's one person who plays a good amount of minutes and can shoot the three ball more than 33%. Which is um, Nelson Caputo, which is the forty-one point seven percent from three, and which is uh, very good. But everyone else, Courtney Stockard, twenty-nine uh, percent, uh, Kyle Lofton, twenty-nine percent, uh, Jalen Poser, thirty-three percent, the Darian Griffin, twenty percent. So, St. Bonaventure not the best shooting team so far, but um, they they got a balanced attack. Uh, Kyle Lofton, 13.7 points per game. Jalen Poyser, 12.9 points per game. And then you have people 
uh, like uh, Caputo, who shoot the ball with 8.3 points a game. And then Osun Asunyi, 7.2. Dominic Welch, 5 points. So it's pretty scattered. It's a very uh, strong and deep team, as you, as you can tell. And not any big rebounders here. Osun Asunyi, 6.1 rebounds is probably the most uh, the Bonnie's got. And they don't have, they're just like, um, they kind of, they probably have George Mason, actually. Um, Darren Griffin, 6'6". Six, six. Courtney Stockard, 6'5". Um, Kyle Lofton, 6'3". Um, Jalen Poser, 6'4". Uh, uh, Nelson Caputo, he's... <coughs> Nelson Caputo is six foot, so I mean, not the biggest team, uh, height wise, but again, you never know anymore with this Rhode Island team. And Saint Bonaventure did beat Saint Joe's by twenty six, and then I think they beat Fordham by seven, I think. So somewhat hopeful, but Darian Griffin does shoot fifty one percent. From the fee, uh, from the field, so that's something to look out for. He's one of the players that was from last year, just returning from last year's team that really helped them win basketball game. Same with Courtney Stockard, forty six percent from the field. He um also helped that team, uh, assisted by of course the two stars Matt Mobley and Jalen Adams. So, key third on victory, obviously shoot the ball much, much, much better. Um, Rhode Island can't shoot less than 20% from three or else they're going to lose a basketball game. Courtney Soccer and Darian Griffin will find ways to score, um, whether it's a three-pointer, down low, jump shots. Uh, Rhode Island's got to play better on offense. Not just offense, we also see them collapse on defense. Defensively, was not a good game. 84 points allowed is not Rhode Island basketball. It's not Rhode Island defense at all. So you can't be relying on scoring more than 84 points a game with its offense because you never know who you can get. You, you might get a team that comes out with like the video against Bryant. I know Bryant is Bryant, but they shot 13 for 27 from three and won by 30 points. They got 97 points that game. But you can't expect that every single game. Um, nor like one out of every five games. That's hard to expect. And this four teams got to play better overall. And... Um, what else did I see? Well, Christian Thompson, I kind of bite my own tongue there, said he was amazing on the catch and shoot, which he was recently, and then just fell apart against George Mason. And this Rhode Island team really needs to step up on offense and defense, mostly on offense, but the defense will come along if they can transition from defense to offense and offense to defense quicker. And I don't know. I think Rhode Island should win the game against St. Bonaventure, but again, it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Now we're going to get into some scores over the weekend in the A-10. Uh, big game of the weekend, I got to say, is Davidson VCU um, at Davidson, and Kellen Grady posted 21 points to lead Davidson um, in offensive, uh, in defensive battle. 64-57. Uh, this was a very low-scoring game until the end when Davidson really pulled away from VCU. 
And then Richmond, who Rhode Island just played two games ago, defeated George Washington by 20 points on the road. Um, Grant Golden, 17 points, and Gilliard, 12 points. With KO leading with eight, uh, 18 points. And then Duquesne sneaks by St. Joe's, 85-84. And going on to St. Bonaventure. Of course, they beat Fordham by 7. Asuni had 16 points. The Darius Griffin had 17. And Courtney Stalker had 17 as well. And also St. Louis also squeaked by LaSalle by 7 points on the road. Tough game for St. Louis. St. Louis is getting to a lot of close games. But, um, yeah, Hassan French, 12 points. Javon Bess, 11 points. Now into Saturday, the two games were Rhodey, George Mason, and Dayton, Massachusetts. Uh, Dayton defeated Massachusetts at home, 72-67. to Jordan Davis, who's a player, 21 points. He really leads that Dayton team. And if anything, I'd be... Um, He's a great player to look out for. Um, Josh Cunningham, 15 points, and Jordan Crutcher, 19 points. Those are three great players. That's why they're going to carry Dayton. As far as they go, Dayton will be with them. And then, of course, the roadie game, 84-67, George Mason at Rody's house. Justin Keir, Otis Livingston, um, 19 points and 14 points, respectively. So, yeah, that's the wrap on the A-10 over the weekend. Now let's get into the standings. We have Dayton, Davidson, and St. Louis all up top with three wins, 3-0. and Dayton on a six-game win streak, St. Louis on a four-game win streak. George Mason, 3-1 and um, in the A-10. St. Bonaventure, 2-1 in the A-10 as, long as, as well as VCU and Duquesne. Um, something to look at, though, for St. Bonaventure, they're 0-5 on the road this year. Haven't won a game on the road. Uh, which is something to look at and something to notice. And then you have a slew of teams, LaSalle, George Washington, Rhode Island, and Richmond, all at 1-2. and two. Uh, Then UMass and Fordham, 0-3, oh and, and St. Joe's, 0-4. Oh so that's the uh, standings. Um, right now, I think Dayton's the hot team to beat. Uh, of course, Davidson is going to be up there. If I had to choose an 8-10 winner right now, I would say Dayton, just because of how hot they are. And then Davidson second. Um, then either George Mason or St. Louis or VCU there for third. Um, now, now we're going to leave the A-10 behind a bit and talk about Rhodey. For them to win the A-10, what they got to start doing is making shots, of course, and then winning games at home. They have to win every game they have a chance at, at home. Uh, being at home is their friend, and I think they got to take um, take these opportunities and use them very well. Maybe get a couple wins, um, key wins against Dayton, Davidson, St. Joe's, VCU. They have them all at home. So if they can get one or two of those wins at home, that would be huge for Rhode Island. And, of course, taking care of teams they need to take care of. Teams is like St. Joseph's. Fordham, UMass, George Washington, Duquesne. Well, not really Duquesne this year, but yeah. Um, teams that got to take care of. Um, they all win games they're supposed to win, and everything else it should just fall in place. Um, where do I see this road team right now? I can see them anywhere from um, a four seed to a nine seed. Uh, four seed is a stretch. Nine seed is a stretch. 
Um, I really see them around a seven or eight right now, um, in the A ten. But they can get on a um a quick a hot streak, which they can do. Um, but this year's mostly been win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. Um. So if they can really just get a couple wins together, string a couple wins together, um, and carry that momentum into the A ten tournament, not necessarily have that double buy, which would have been helpful. Um, as a five to seven seed, uh, that would help him a lot. So, if Brody can get a five seed, uh, I think it would um benefit them more than anything. And then they would play the um four seed in the quarterfinals. So yeah, I think for this Rhode Island team to go further is. To really lock up that five seed, because if you get eight or nine, you gotta play the one seed, and that's that's very hard to do. Is going to beat the one seed, um, so yeah, you really want to get that five seed, um, which would really help out this Rodon team four or five seed, um, yeah. So, of course, it's in Brooklyn this year, so it's gonna be much closer to Rhodey than uh, Washington D.C. last year and Pittsburgh the year before. So yeah, that's the out. Um, that's what I think of Brody right now. And the question about the A10 today is the A10 and the Big East. And I'm saying the Big East mostly because PC's in the Big East and they're rivals. Um, you have PC fans say, "Oh my God, you guys lose games in trash in a trash conference. If we're in your conference, we go undefeated. Um, we'd win it all easily. Uh, not a chance. Uh, not a chance that we lose a game." They don't know that. The Big East is much different from the A-10. Much different. And for the reason that the A-10, as I said before, is inconsistent. They can show up like they're the best team in college basketball, but they can also play like they're the worst team in college basketball. You can show up to George Washington and beat him by 45 points, or you can show up to George Washington and have a absolute barn burner and have a tight game or lose by more than 10 points and... It's inconsistent. In the Big East, you have teams that are known to be at the bottom of the conference. It's a little different this year because there's a lot of strong teams. But, like, in the years past, you had Georgetown, DePaul, St. John's bringing up the rear in the Big East. And those teams you pretty much just didn't lose to. Um, they would usually win a, two or three games. You'd have, you'd have three or four teams win two or three games in the Big East. And then you have the middle-tier teams and the hot-tier teams, uh, high-tier teams. And that would be that. But when you come to A10, you have, you can say there's high tier. Um, when there's a definite high tier, like there is this year, you have Dayton, Davidson, St. Louis, VCU. But then you don't know where the high tier and the middle tier uh, mix. Because you don't know if George Mason is in that middle tier or high tier. You don't know if Duquesne's in that high tier and middle tier. We just haven't seen um, enough of that this year. But the low tier, of course, you have Fordham, St. Joseph's, UMass. So far this year, George Washington. And that's why it's different from the Big East. There's no discrete tiers. Um, and why I say this is because if Providence was in the A-10, they probably wouldn't win every single game. They probably wouldn't win the A-10 championship. Not saying that they won't have a good chance to, but I'm not saying it would be as easy as they think. They would probably, if Providence was in the A-10 this year, they would probably win 12 games. Twelve. I see them going 12-6, and 13-5. Um, which is decent, 
uh, for the A-10, but not as high as they think undefeated, you know, win the A-10 championship. Because what, winning, going undefeated in any division, any conference, is tremendously hard. So, when you have teams in the uh, Big East, you have the high tier and the middle tier playing for the Big East championship. You don't have that low tier really competing that much. Um, a high tier can be a middle tier, but a middle tier can also upset a high tier team. That's where the inconsistency of the Big East comes. It comes from me, uh, not me- mediocre to decent, pretty good teams in the Big East meeting very good teams in the Big East. When it comes to the A-10, you would have a very, very, very bad team with a very, very bad record beat the number one team in the conference. Um, that's just how it is sometimes. Uh, you can have teams that you beat by 20, beat a team by fif- uh, 15, and then you only beat them by two. Um, I just, I think it's mostly, uh, the A-10 has different styles. You have St. Joe's in the zone, you have Rhode Island in the man, uh, and anywhere in between, you have these different, uh, like VCU, you have the press, different styles of basketball that you're, uh, not used to. So that's why I think it's very inconsistent in their own ways. Teams struggle against different defenses. Like watching last year, Uriah had no problem with VCU's trap. But when it came to St. Joe's, their uh, zone defense really, really hurt them in their senior night game. Not as much in the A-10 uh, semifinals, but in their senior night game, it hurt them a lot. They only scored 47 points. So I think that's something to be concerned about um, for the Rams this year. But... Uh, when it comes to different styles of play and a little more inconsistency in the A-10, that's why I think it's harder to initially play in the A-10 than Big East. Not saying the teams are better. I'm saying it's harder because there's more inconsistency. There's different types. There's different styles of defense, and teams play much different. And when you have teams the A-10 at the top, you don't know until three quarters of the way if they're the real deal. Because they can come out, you you wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see an eight ten team start eight and one, and then end up uh, eleven and seven. I wouldn't be surprised. Because first of all, scheduling. Um, when you have the softballs like UMass, Fordham, St. Joe's, which everyone usually beats, usually that words in effect because they could beat someone. They could, but that that kind of enters the equation. <clears throat> But it's not the same. Not the same at all. Uh, when you have teams like Villanova, who's not that good this year, but still, they're a good team. You know they're good. Marquette with Marcus Howard, who's an absolute baller. You know they can play. You know they can show up. St. John's, you know they can play. Um, <clears throat> teams like those, who you know are going to be tough games, unlike the A-10, when you really don't really know. Um, you have... Uh, team like uh, LaSalle or George Washington go up, give Dayton. You have a team like uh, George Washington give Dayton the game and go ahead and they lose by 20 to Richmond. It's just inconsistent. So that's why I think PC would struggle more than they would think in the A-10 than the Big East. So let's move on to across the country news. Now, nothing's really gone on this week besides Marcus Howard, 53 points, um, against Seton Hall a couple days ago. So we can go over some scores right now in NCAA Division One. So the shocker right now is easily Duke. Um, 
losing to Syracuse 85-81. Duke ended up shooting 9 for 43. 9 for 43 from three-point land. I thought you were right was bad, but that's just terrible. Um, Duke hasn't really been playing well um, the last couple games, and I think it's because um, they don't have a well-balanced attack. One game they could hit all their threes they need and not have a download uh, presence. When they had that download presence, like they did tonight with Dylan Williamson, like 30-plus points, they didn't have that three-point attack that they needed. So I think that's really what really hurt them against Syracuse. Syracuse played great overall. Um, another game, shocker, is Pittsburgh beating Florida State by 15 points. 15 points. Florida State loses by 15 points. And um, it's just um, another shocker in the ACC. And I think we're set up for a um, fun ride in the ACC this year, um, especially with Virginia. I Right now, I think Virginia is the best team, the team to beat in the ACC um, with Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. So, I mean... Those are some players um, that you got to look out for. And Virginia's the team to beat, and that's that. Uh, they're a great team defensively. Tony Bennett's got that team under wraps. I mean, he's a great coach. The defensive pressure he creates with his um, with his defense is crazy good. And then they can, they're really good at transitioning into offense. So that's what I think right now, the ACC. And that's all we got across NCAA Division One. So I think... That's going to wrap it up today. Um, Rhode Island plays St. Bonaventure 6 o'clock on January 16th at the Ryan Center. It's going to be a big game for Rhodey. See if they can break their slump, their one-game slump, <laughs> as they say. Um, but, yeah, so you guys should be expecting another podcast the 17th, the day after um, the game. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.